Thank you, Debbie, Eddie, Everett, and Randy. Thank you for those thoughts and leading us through our time of worship already this morning. Um, before we continue, I did want to highlight a few announcements in your bulletin. I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, the Ohio County Equestrian Center is looking for some help to stack hay and paint uh, some fencing and some uh, buildings in the next couple of weeks. And I talked to them this week, and they're pretty desperate. So I said I would see if we could have anybody that could help. So if you're interested in helping stack hay um, and doing some painting over at the Ohio County Equestrian Center, please come and see me sometime this week. Um, if you are interested in giving towards our CIY and camp envelope wall, that next Sunday will be the last day to do that. So if you are still considering that, please check that out. And this Wednesday for our middle school and high school youth, we're having an end of school year bash over at the FLC where we're going to have some dodgeball, a Nerf war, some uh, devotions on uh, spiritual battles that we face, and uh, of course pizza and food and all that stuff. So a lot of fun. This Wednesday, 6 to 10, uh, middle school and high school, everyone's invited to that. So, as we think about today, today is sort of serving a dual purpose. We're thinking about Memorial Day, which through Memorial Day, we remember the sacrifices of those who've paid the price for our freedoms. And we remember that. We remember what they've given so that we could have freedoms that we enjoy today. But we're also celebrating our graduates and when you celebrate graduation, you're thinking about accomplishment and what the future has in store. For the middle school graduates, they're looking forward to high school. For the high school graduates, maybe it's college, maybe it's career, maybe it's a trade. For the college graduates, getting into their field that they've studied so hard for, it's about pursuing what's next. So Memorial Day is remembering the sacrifice. Graduation recognition is about what's next, the accomplishments of what's been achieved and pursuing what's next. And I think that goes really well with this series that we're in called Let God Lead. Because for the last several weeks, we've been saying how if we are going to have any kind of fulfillment in our lives, we have to submit to where God is directing us as individuals, as a family, and as a church. And last week, I gave you a simple statement that I wanted to, to bring back up again today, is that Jesus' followers find fulfillment. Jesus' followers find fulfillment because we are all looking for things to be satisfying in our lives. We want to be satisfied with our marriage, with our family, with our job, with life in general, with our health care. And these things that we pursue are not bad things, but if they take the place of God's leadership in our life, they can become an idol. And so we have to pursue God. We have to follow Jesus in order to find fulfillment. Nothing else can bring us fulfillment. And so today, we're going to take a look at some things that we shouldn't follow. And the scripture I'd like to open us up with, that I'd like for all of us to read together, is from 1 John Chapter 5, verse 21, says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. So today, 
we're looking at idols. And we said last week that an idol is anything that we pursue and worship other than God. Because what you follow and what you pursue in life, that is really what you worship. So today we're going to talk about several things that people pursue. And this is going to be sort of a, of a, of a warning for those who are graduating not to get caught up into these pursuits, but also for all of us, because we all struggle with pursuing things and losing sight of God's direction in our life. So these are the things that people pursue that take God's place in their hearts. Would you pray with me? Lord, we are so thankful to be here today, thankful to remember the sacrifice that has brought us freedom in this country and as we just celebrated around the Lord's Supper in our hearts that's freed us from sin and given us freedom to pursue you. And Lord, as we think about the accomplishments that our graduates have achieved and we think about the things we pursue into this future that lays wide open, may we be encouraged to always seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and to trust you with all of our heart and to not let anything take the place of you in our lives. Please be with us today and every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want to talk about. These are the things, these are the idols that people pursue that we should not pursue. Do not follow these. The first, aim, the first idol that we shouldn't pursue is culture. Now what do I mean by culture? Well, I'm going to talk about two different things. But first I want to talk about the world and its values. This is what society tells you you need to do. You need to achieve a certain status. You need to be liked by everybody. You need to have this much money in your bank account. You need to have 2.5 kids and a perfect house and a perfect home. And you need to have everybody love you. And all of these things that the world values, fame, fortune, success, achievement, influence, all of these things that the world will tell you. But God's word says differently. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 says, Do not love this world, nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of God the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything that we see, and pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. The world says it's all about the stuff that you own. It's all about your status. It's all about how far you can get in life. But God says that does not come from him. That true life is doing what pleases God. The person who does that will live forever. The world says, whatever you do to make yourself a comfortable life, whatever feels good, then you should do it. Whatever your heart desires is what you should pursue. If it makes you happy, then it must be right for you. Anything you crave. 
I am of the mindset that late night fast food commercials should be outlawed. Because if I'm up watching TV late at night and that burger commercial comes on or that chicken commercial or that junk food, Dairy Queen with their blizzards or something, I'm either going to go out and get junk food way too late because that's what I see and that's what I crave or I'm going to wait and think about it the next day and maybe go out there for lunch or something and it's that, that craving and that's what we do if we follow the world's desires. Whatever we crave, whatever culture tells us is what we should be pursuing, we pursue. And that's a danger for young people today. That's a danger in middle school, high school, college, and in, in, in your 20s as you're getting into the workforce and into the world, is pursuing what the world values. These things do not last. It's like Jesus said, would you rather build your house on shifting sand or on the solid rock of his foundation. You build your house on the sand, that's what the world tells you should be your, fa- your foundation. But when the storms come and the waves crash, it all gets washed away. But Jesus' word, his life and his teaching, that is the solid foundation that we should stand upon. So do not pursue the world or anything that it offers you. Instead, pursue Jesus Christ. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he will give you the things that you need. But depend on him. But Jesus also warns us about something else. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. There is a pretty scary warning in Scripture. Not everyone who claims to be a Christian is one. Not everyone who goes to church is really a follower of Jesus. He says that even those who were able to do miraculous things in the name of Jesus were not really following him. He says, I never knew you. They weren't really saved. And so I think Jesus had some of his strongest words for people that were caught up in their religion but yet lacked the relationship with him. I refer to this to this phenomenon as churchianity. Not Christianity, churchianity. And so we as a church sometimes can develop our own subculture. We have the way we talk, the way we live, what we expect of one another, the things that we try to portray as the perfect life or everything's okay, we're all happy and and everything's great on the inside, but yet our lives, our hearts aren't really following what we portray. There's a danger that we can get so caught up in following man-made religious rules and traditions that we actually miss out knowing Jesus. That's what the Pharisees did. Who were the Pharisees? These were the Jewish leaders that taught people the Old Testament. They knew the Old Testament better than anybody else. And there was no New Testament at this time because Jesus was creating it as he was living it and doing his ministry. So they knew the Bible better than anybody of that day. Yet Jesus has some of his strongest words for them. They had completely missed out on him as Lord and Savior because they were so caught up in following their rules and traditions. 
We don't have time to read all of Matthew chapter 23, but I encourage you to go and read Matthew 23 and look at the things that Jesus says to the Pharisees. He, he highlights things like this. They don't practice what they preach. He says they crush people with unbearable religious demands, but yet they never even lift a finger to try to ease the burden for other people. Everything they do is for a show. They even get to the point where they slam the door in the face of people that are trying to get to heaven and prevent them from getting to heaven. They have so many rules that they practice these ridiculous legalistic traditions when it comes to making oaths. You can make an oath by the temple, but not by its gold. You can make a sacrifice here, but not there. They just, they strain everything and they are devoid of the true power of God. It says they obsess over the good things like tithing. Tithing is a good thing. We should be giving to the Lord. It says, but they obsess over it that they do every single little aspect of their life. But yet they completely ignore some of the more important commands of Scripture, like justice, mercy, and even faith. They're so caught up in following their tradition and their rules that they miss out on faith, the thing that saves us. Tithing is good. Following God, following commands are good. But don't let it replace your faith. So I ask, do we live by faith today? What in our life requires us to have faith? What in our life right now that if God doesn't come through is going to fail? Are we walking by faith right now in our lives? And finally, Jesus says that these Pharisees, they appear to be beautiful and righteous on the outside. But on the inside, they're full of greed, self-indulgence, hypocrisy, and lawlessness. He calls them whitewashed tombs. Look great on the outside, but inside full of death and decay. And so what I'm worried is that we get too comfortable in our churchianity that we fail to practice true Christianity. I mean, we set ourselves up so that we don't fail. We try to have everything taken care of in our own power. What do we really even need faith for? If we, leave our, if we live our lives like this. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 46. Why do you call me Lord and do not do what I tell you? That is a powerful question. Why do we call Jesus Lord but not do what he tells us? Our standard for following Jesus is to obey his commands. To obey his word out of faith. Not out of legalistic obligation, but out of love, out of a response to what he's done for us. But maybe things have gotten in the way. Maybe things have gotten in the way. Maybe, maybe it's pursuing culture, or maybe it's pursuing our own personal success. The second thing that we need to avoid is pursuing success. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, 
and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever wants to lo- whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father in his Father's glory with the angels, and he will reward each person according to what they have been done. Let me share something about the cross. And maybe we don't think about in today's culture, because when we think of the cross, we think of victory. We think of Christ's sacrifice. We think of our salvation. But in Jesus' day, the cross didn't mean any of those things. If you saw somebody carrying a cross on their shoulder, that meant they were defeated. That meant they had no hope. That meant they were going to die and there was nothing that was going to stop it. Jesus says that if you want to find life, then you've got to grab a cross and follow me. You have got to become a loser to the values of this world in order to become a winner following me. Jesus turns everything upside down. He says, if you want to live, then you have to die. If you want to gain, then you have to lose. If you want to be strong, then you must become weak. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Absolutely none. Absolutely none. But we live our lives pursuing other things and neglect nurturing our own souls. The only thing, the only thing that matters is standing before Jesus one day and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And if you're pursuing stuff in your life that is taking away from that, then get rid of it. The only thing that matters, standing before Jesus and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. What a day that will be. Can you imagine the God of the universe looking to you and saying, well done. It can happen if we let God lead. And the only way is to let go of our own desire to be in control. And that's the third thing. The third thing this morning that I want us to look at that we need to avoid, the idol we need to avoid, is ourself. Self is probably the strongest idol that we face because that's a daily battle from within. You can tune out the outside world, but when it comes to our own heart and our own desires, you live with that every single day. Paul, in his very last book that he ever wrote, 2 Timothy, near the end, tells Timothy this, chapter 3. Understand this. In the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant. He goes on to list some other things, and he says, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They have the appearance of godliness but they are denying its power and you should avoid such people. He's talking about in the church. He's talking about good people. They 
have this appearance of godliness, but they are denying the true power because they're letting pride, their lusts, their lack of self-control, the pursuit of pleasure, deceitful gain. They're reckless. They're lovers of money. They're letting all of these things squash out their faith. There is a reason Jesus said you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me because that idol is the hardest one to get rid of. So I'm going to say something that maybe sounds a little strange, especially talking to graduates. Don't pursue your dreams. Don't pursue your dreams if they take you away from God. Because our dreams can lead us astray. They can become an idol. This idea of what our life should be or how our family should be or what level of achievement we should have achieved by this time in our lives can take us away from God and become an idol. Just because it makes you feel a certain way doesn't mean that it's the right way. Our natural inclination because of the fall is to sin. So just thinking that, well, my natural thoughts, my natural desires are going to lead me to God is not true. We have to submit those desires, submit ourselves to him. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says, you say I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. But you say, but I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. What does God's word say? Love God, love others. Put others first. Pursue God first. And when you do, you're going to find conflict. Because it's going to go against what you naturally want to do. But Timothy Keller, I thought, said this really well. He said, if your God never disagrees with you, then you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. If your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. Too many of us have made God in our own image instead of letting him conform us to his. We are too focused on ourselves and our flesh and its desires. We need to Leave those at the feet of Jesus. So I've given you a few things to avoid, but I want you to know there's hope. There's hope for every single one of us in this room today. There's hope for every single person out there today because we are still here living and breathing. Romans chapter 8 tells us this. Those of you who are of the flesh cannot please God, but you, however, are not in the flesh You are in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But here's the great thing. We can all have the spirit of Christ. Amen? Amen. By following Jesus, by putting our faith and trust in him, every single one of us can put the flesh to death. And live the life that truly pleases God. A life of faith by letting the Spirit lead and guide us. How do you do that? It's by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Trust in Him, 
not in yourself, not in your bank account, not in what your parents tell you or what the world tells you or what the government tells you or anything. Trust in Christ alone. Put your faith in him. Repent of your sins. That means you turn your back on that old way of life and you pursue Jesus. You confess him as Lord. You give him control of your life. And Savior, you let him save you. Because his work on the cross can do that. And you submit to him in baptism. You unite with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. And you are raised to a new life. And when you do that, God's word promises you will be filled with the Holy Spirit so that it's no longer you alone that's pursuing the future, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not sure that you have the spirit of Jesus in your life? Not sure that you belong to him? Well, after we pray, we're going to have a time of invitation. And we're going to let you make that decision today if you need to. Would you bow and pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you lead by your power, by your spirit, by your cross. And that if we pursue you, we can find fulfillment in this life. But if we pursue anything else, we will be disappointed and it will lead us to death. So God, I pray for all the graduates that we've mentioned. But I also pray for each one of us that we look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, and we run after you, the race of perseverance, seeking you with all of our heart. Because then and only then we know that we can have hope joy, and peace. So Lord, if there is anyone here today that does not have the confidence in you that they are saved, that they are one of your children, that they have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding them in their life, I pray that you would convict them today and they would decide to follow you. And that we who have already made that decision have already confessed you as Lord and Savior, that we will continue to strive for you. Forgive us of the things that we let get in the way that we let sit on the throne of our hearts and take the place of you. May you rule in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Morning. We want to open this opportunity for you. Would you stand as we come and as we sing?